What is this? A center for ants? How can we be expected to teach children to learn how to read if they can't even fit in the building? That was this episode's guest movie quote. I think we can all agree that was the best piece of voice acting everyone and anyone's ever heard in history. If you think you know where the quote was taken from, feel free to message in. Welcome to the People's Film Podcast, where we chat all things film. Each episode will feature a review on a single film, talking about performance, sound, cinematography, and the impact it may have on its audience. This is amongst other things, of course. We may talk about other films and other subjects along the way. And just to reassure you guys, this episode was recorded under the appropriate government guidelines during the coronavirus pandemic. Spoiler, spoiler, this is your official spoiler warning. There are many spoilers in this episode for all films within the Twilight Saga. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the People's Film Podcast. On today's episode, we have... My name is Jack Richards. <laughs> that was the chair that made the noise, not me, I promise. I am a third year architecture student. And yourself? I'm Meg and I'm just Meg. Just I'm just Meg. Yeah. <laughs> just living life. Yeah. Today's episode we'll be reviewing Twilight, made in 2008, a fantasy romance directed by Catherine Hardwick and based on a book written by Stephanie Meyer, starring Robert Patterson, Kristen Stewart and Taylor Lautner. I hope that's how you say his surname. Do you guys know if that's right? So this film has won a few awards um, from lesser known award ceremonies, mainly that of the MTV Awards, and but also won the most overrated film of the year at the Golden Schmoes. Don't know what festival that is, <laughs> but it's a statement by winning that award. So have you guys ever seen this film before? Twilight? Too many times to... Uh... Yeah. It's been around for a fair few years now. I mean, it's 12 years old. That's um, crazy. So I was shocked if you haven't seen it already. Mm. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. What I want to ask, when did you see it? Did you see it when it first came out? Did you see it in cinema? I've seen it, I saw it the year it came out and I'm not proud to admit it, but I've probably seen it at least once every two years thereafter. <laughs> so it stayed with you then. So what, did you enjoy it when you first watched it? It's just so cringely good. Like, yeah, it's, it's just got the right balance of... Uh, well, it's not even got a balance. I don't even know what it is that it's got. I just enjoy watching it. Yeah. Enjoy it. You're a big fan of Twilight then? No. No, I, like, I, um, like, all the hype came out for it. Never heard of it. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to read the books. So I read the books first. Before you watched the films? Yeah. Right, and then nice. I watched the films. Yeah. And I realised that the books were better. Yeah. Um, In other case, books are always better, really, aren't they? Because yeah. you don't, you can sort of imagine it in your own mind. Yeah. You don't have to be impressioned by somebody else's view on the book. Mm. So there's never that middleman, which is quite nice. It'd be interesting to see if um, like the older generations or the younger generations look at it the same way we do. Because mm. I feel like almost for me, Twilight was a huge thing at school, mm. and then the films came out whilst I was still at school, and it was mm. just like there was this huge hype around it, and everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like in a way, it was coming of age because when it came out for us, we were in high school, and it's based on people in high school. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's influence not the way we do things because obviously we were falling in love with vampires whilst we were at high school but I mean certainly romance was that sort of at that age that's mm. what happened you know you were invested in romance more than anything else probably more than studying you know mm. I was I think it was very much like a, like girls were so obsessed with Edward or Jacob oh yeah the big battle yeah Edward or Jacob I was never that person I didn't see it like that oh. 
Um, Which one was Bella? Bella. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone shake it. Nah, Bella. <laughs> Every time. I, I, I think one thing you have to like, almost like commend about the film is they kind of got the teenage angst thing like spot on. Mm. You know, like when it's like Bella and she's kind of like snappy with her like dad. It, yeah. At that time, you're, you're like very much like the same. You wanted to revolt against Yeah, exactly. Like, if Bella can do it, so can I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can drive away, go to another city with my boyfriend, just because I had a little spat with my dad. Run away into the woods when there's a uh, animal on the loose that's killing everybody, I'm sure. But it's okay, I've got my pepper spray, it's fine. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Charlie. I, freaking, I love Billy Burke. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's great. Pro- I think he just carries that film, to be honest. Do you reckon? Yeah. He was a dad for everyone at the time, I suppose. Yeah. I, I suppose he's the only normal character in that film. Yeah, like, because nobody knew about it, apart from him until yeah. the last film yeah really. true but like the, the kids at school you know I say the kids like Bella's friends they're, they're, all, they're yeah. all a bit odd yeah well yeah. they're like an oddball of group of friends aren't they yeah the way that the, I think that's quite good though because when Bella arrived to the school nobody liked her and everyone was looking at her like oh that's a new kid she turned up in a rusty old pickup truck and the rest of these guys had nice new cars by the looks of it so I think she got adopted into the oddball group of friends because she was automatically put into that category mm. what were your first impressions before you saw the film did you see advertisement for it um, I, oh, I don't remember I that. probably did see an for it I mean it was hard to kind of escape it really because uh, those bus stop signs everywhere yeah. like Twilight you know um, I just remember my like my girlfriends being like obsessed like mm, screaming yeah. over it and I'd I, be like oh, I think more of the hype came from the people at school like yeah. some yeah. of the girls I used to hang around with like they'd obviously read the books and they were just like oh my god it's coming out so it's through mm-hmm. word of mouth yeah I, I, about the I'd films. say that's what got my intrigue more mm-hmm. you know and then as soon as they're like oh yeah it's about this like, love triangle and you're like kind of you switch off you're like yeah this is rubbish and then they're like werewolves and vampires you're like oh okay Mm. Sounds kind of spicy. Yeah. <laughs> not more going on. Not she average high school flick. Right. So quick game. I want you to both guess how many actors auditioned for the role of Edward Cullen, aka the Vampire Love Man. How many do you reckon? Well, the film. This is gonna be. This is gonna be classic Jack trying to overthink the question there. How, how soon was it supposed to be released after the book? I'm gonna say about five years because they were writing the books whilst the films were coming out, weren't they? Yeah. Well, I think. Um, I think the. F- the first one, A New Moon, was already out. And then as they made, like, those films, she was writing clips and breaking... I mean, I have no idea how many people usually audition for a lead role in a film, but going with the Twilight hype, I'm going to say... 2,500. 2,500. I reckon they just saw our pats in Hazapar in Harry Potter and was like... And was like, oh, teenage day. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh, he looks good. Yeah. (laughs) Saw his dead body on the floor and was like, yeah, he's right to play a dead man in the film. Are you saying that there was no auditions? Maybe just his? Do you reckon he rocked up and was like, I'm going to take this role? And he took it. That's fine. No, I reckon that... Stephanie Mayer was like, I wrote the book I, I for him. him. I want him. Well, I'm here to reveal to you the amount of people who auditioned for the role of Edward Cullen in Twilight was actually 5,000. Oh. Holy shit! Yes! So by default, That's Jack crazy. wins that. I know, it's mad, isn't it? Have you ever seen the, um, the audition of the kid who plays, well, he's the guy in E.T.? Which guy in E.T.? <laughs> the, you know, the kid. The, kid, the, well, kid. the main kid. Yeah, the no. main kid. No. No. And like the uh, the show, like the video that they're obviously watching him, and he's like crying. And he's like, yeah, please don't take him away from me. Yeah. And he's like proper bawling his eyes out, and they're like, right. yeah, just stop, you've got it. Like yeah, no oh, more, wow. that's it, done. So he and then you went on. Tears rolling. He went on to do Haunting of Your House. Did he? He's he doing that from ET. He plays a dad. Does he? We've like had Surely this conversation. Not. We've had this conversation. The dad. Oh wait. So the, the older dad. version of the dad. I the think. older version. I was going to oh, say no, 
know, or maybe the younger busy. version. Probably the younger. Yeah, he has those weird contacts in his eye. Huh. That's interesting. I never knew that. Damn, that that film must have been released ages ago then. You too. Like I know, like when I thought it? maybe nineties. No, but like seventies, eighties. Yeah, that makes sense. Should I fact check? No, I, I trust you. Nineties was like way off. Too fair. Now you think about it. Yeah, but now I don't know if I trust myself. And plus, I don't want the listeners to be like, actually, it was nineteen seventy-one. <laughs> Is that the voice of all your listeners? Um, possibly, I don't know. I mean, so far we have zero listeners. <laughs> so, um, possibly, possibly not. Well, my Wi-Fi isn't working in here. Let's try with the 3G. Oh, it's 1982. E.T. came out. That's why it's called it. E.T. Oh, came out. far off, was I? Just, like, said, ten years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, we got it bang on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, 70s. It said late 70s, and then Meg said 80s. 80s. So Meg got it right. Oh, yeah, that's one Welcome to your table, dude. Um, actually, this table was playing green, and then I was going to do it up really nicely, paint all the wood black, and then spray paint the green, that beige, like, off-white colour. Um, but then I was like, oh, the green, it's like the green room, isn't it? TV shows and whatnot. So I was like, I'll keep it green. And I, got, I bought the spray paint already, so I was like, this spray paint, the title of the podcast on the table but it just looks really shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's dreadful <laughs> but you know what but we'll keep I was, it I was going to say you should probably should have asked me to do it but in the same way that you asked me to graffiti your wall in your bedroom after you had a oh, temper tantrum yeah. yeah well the temper tantrum came after I was not very good at painting and to be fair it was quite a fine line back in the day so just for context when I first moved into my first room by myself I had bright royal blue walls and I wanted my name to be painted onto the wall like I think it's because of do you remember Tracy Beaker? Yes yeah. Do you remember Crash? Did you ever see his bedroom? It had Crash mm. written on the mm. back wall and I was like I want that this is my room I'm going to label it with my name so I wanted to do that I, drew, I think Jack did you draw on as well you did the first time and then I tried painting it and it just I just cried I, I it think, terrible no I think you painted it fine I think it was you couldn't write your name in bubble writing at the time why did you get rid of it it looked dreadful <laughs> it generally looked dreadful <laughs> didn't it? Not, not as in Jack's artwork wasn't dreadful it was a raw blue and then like it was almost a stale like bogey green oh, no. with silver on the outlines mm. it was not nice it wasn't pretty so, so is it still there like underneath your paper I assume so because it was painted straight onto the wall wasn't it mm. it wasn't any wallpaper underneath <laughs> we weren't painting on wallpaper so I imagine so the, the film starts on black and Bella narrates the intro saying I never gave much thought into how I would die so straight away it's very bleak and very depressing because she's what 15, 16 and yeah. and she's already like yeah I'm gonna die but do you think that that sets the tone for the film do you think that works well see like it, it was the same for the books like every mm-hmm. intro that she does for the film is the same in the books as well do they, do they bookend it like they do in the film because if you remember, which I actually think was quite cool, actually. So she opens with that line. And then when it's going into the climax of the film, she says the same line, but then follows it on with... Oh, when she's in hospital? No, this is, you know, when they go to the ballet studio? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm going to meet this vampire who's trying to kill her to save my mum. So she was like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I remember that now. She's just saying like, oh, yeah, I don't mind sacrificing myself for the ones I love or something like that. Do you think that spoiled it a little bit? Do you think it gave too much insight to what was going to happen? No, I don't think... I think it maybe set up the film to be this kind of... Uh, well, especially the first part. Immediately, you almost feel like there's going to be more emphasis on death. In reality, it's more just about her being an adventurous teen. I don't know. I, I think it, it puts more emphasis on who she is because she's not, like... She's not a happy bunny. Like, she's, mm. like, very sensitive, like, emotional, like... 
that's why Kristen Stewart plays it perfectly it's because she doesn't <laughs> smile yeah, yeah. Um, but that's the way she is until like she becomes a vampire and she's like in her element and she's finally happy yeah. but I think like I don't know if like for me I was like depressed at that age mm-hmm. and I think I was like wow like somebody's actually you Somebody don't you, you don't connect with yeah you didn't like you felt the same when you were that age didn't you and I think a lot of people do yeah and yeah, like people talk about it so much now mm. like there's so many people on my like photography course that just express like mental health through their own maybe Twilight was a stepping stone maybe it was mm. the first film that was like it's okay to talk about not being happy yeah just... I mean I think New Moon was really good for that mm. when she was re- depressed for oh yeah because didn't months. she like get on the back of like some random strangers motorcycle yeah yeah and was like doing loads of adrenaline type things yeah. I've got a um a bit of popcorn stuck in my front so apologies I'm about to cough I was eating it a bit too quickly and you were talking and I was just like I can't interrupt you talking so I was like here just like my eyes are dying choking on a bit of popcorn um, we're definitely going to keep that in the edit just coughing on a bit of popcorn if you ever come on to this podcast there will be snacks okay mm. have a bit of popcorn how do you guys feel about the sweet and salty I love it mm. You sweet and salty fans? Yeah. Oh, I prefer the, uh, the proper, like, caramel ones. Toffee popcorn. Yeah, that's it. Mm. You get stuck in your teeth more, though. Yeah, they're, they're really bad, but at the same time, they make your fingers feel horrible as well. But. I feel like when I put one in my mouth, like a Werther's original, I'm salivating so much. Mm. It's like melting in my mouth because it's so buttery and sweet. So Bella starts explaining how she's leaving home to live with her dad. Basically, she narrates the entire intro. But she tells the audience exactly what's happened. So, for example, you see her leaving home, but she's telling everybody, oh, I'm leaving home. And then she moves in with her dad. I'm moving in with my dad. These are not my friends. I don't know these people. But I think, personally, that's like a really lazy way of filmmaking because you should be able to explain all this without directly telling the audience. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that is lazy or do you think it's needed? It's, it's almost like she's uh, telling it, like she's writing in a diary. You know, she's almost like reading out of the, her own yeah. diary. Um, which I suppose in filmmaking, yeah, you could say that's kind of a lazy way to approach it. Mm. But I think for what the film is, if, if you're looking to be very critical of it, I think you'll find a lot of flaws in it. Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't know, personally, my approach to films is that some of them you can be critical, but some of them you've just got to take for what they are and just try and enjoy the ride. Otherwise, mm. you kind of ruin the wider... I suppose in one way as well, it's based on a book. If you see it's just a film, which it isn't, then you can see it's lazy filmmaking. But at the same time, because in the book, like you said, it has the same thing, then it's going by the book, which is quite a nice way of putting it. That's what I was... going by the book. Yeah, Stephanie Mayer, like... So she probably felt like... This needs needs to be in here. Um, I do like though when they transition from um, Phoenix to Forks, like the mountains of Phoenix, and then they just transition to the like forests and stuff. The contrast between locations very Mm. nice. And also, if you notice, when they're in Arizona, it's all quite. They do that typical thing when it's in a hot country. They do it a lot when there's films based in Mexico. They they up the brightness. It's almost like an orange tinge, Mm. like an orange light on it. makes it look really like hot and tropical mm. and then as soon as they go to Forks where it is cold dingy forest like it's, it's got shadows of blues and greens mm. in there make it really you know which I really love I, 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 I love that well. about the film is that hue yeah it's like sort of like mythical fairy tale type thing but also like mm. it goes with the the raininess of I think it kind of also addresses maybe the way she's feeling you know like mm. as you're saying she's kind of very depressed and it's nothing really more depressing than chronic grey 
Mm. Grey and wet and damp. It kind of gives you that kind of damp, foresty feel, doesn't it? Just from the filters alone. It does feel quite nice, I do agree. But they don't do it really in the second, third, and fourth film. I've not noticed no. it much because do they go to Arizona or anywhere like that? And I know they go to like Italy or something, don't they? To, yeah, like, and that's the second one. I recall that being very kind of orange. Yeah, so right, actually. Yeah. I haven't seen because when I watched Twilight, this was the first time I watched it for quite a few years. Mm. So I haven't seen New Moon in that in a long, long time as well. Um, I'm embarrassed to admit that I actually watched the second Breaking Dawn in the cinema with uh, my mum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think you were, you know, because I'm pretty sure it's from my mum. I mean, I saw it. I, I saw it when it came out. I don't think she was I think maybe you saw it with her one time and then I went again with her because I think I went for, I think it was either her or my birthday. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was a I, fan. I, I remember watching it and I was like in awe of the like fight scene at the end and then... Oh, it's mad, yeah. There's obviously that big twist and it's just like... See, none of that happens in the book. They no. just rock up, Voltori, them, nothing. They don't have a battle at all? Nope. So that, that, that in the film, I was like, holy shit, they've changed so much. That was a great scapegoat to do it, though, because mm. obviously you have Alice who can see the future. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, she can see everyone dying. Mm. And that's it's like, thing, like, that doesn't happen. That did happen. Like, Alice did show him, but you don't see what yeah. she shows him because you're paying, she you're just, reading as Bella. Does she just say, oh, everyone's going to die? Well, I don't know if that's what, I don't know what she says, but she obviously says, like, you're not going to win. Yeah, yeah. And then that's that. I mean, that's quite clever from... Um, Stephanie Meyer did she direct the other films as well she she wrote the book she didn't direct it it was um, Catherine Hardwick I believe I, I feel like it gave the film an ending that was almost exclusive to the films yeah, yeah. 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 rather yeah. than everyone who's read the books being like yeah okay but I know what the ending is yeah. and they're like yeah okay I've read this huge battle and then mm. all of a sudden it's just like it's a nice little nope. uh, <laughs> yeah no that was, I thought that was really good mm. to be honest although I said that it's quite lazy filmmaking from another point of view as well is there's a lot going on in all these films and books like, there's a lot of content to get through so much happens so I suppose Bella goes from this social outcast to having a group of friends who are oddballs and then they introduce the Cullens within 10 minutes of a two hour film now, that, that is very quick it's crazy yeah it's a long film and actually she didn't confront him being a vampire until an hour. Yeah. They'd gone into an hour. So they, they sort crazy. of grind on each other for a long yeah. time. Because he, he dips from school because he can't, well, he has this lust for her or something that she, mm. he can't get away from. In terms of setting up his characters and the relationships between the characters, I think mm. it's necessary, you know? Like, yeah. Because mm. in terms of her, like, me and her friends, yeah, in the grand scheme of the film, it's pretty pointless. Like, mm. you know, their friends, her friends don't have much impact in the, the rest of the film. But without the friends, they wouldn't have met the Cullens because no. they're the ones to explain to Bella who the Cullens are and mm. what they're actually, what, you know, what they're about. True. Do you not think that's just another mode of maybe, you know, so you were saying how Bella's talking at the beginning, you know, mm. she's explaining everything. You said that was kind of like lazy filmmaking, mm. and that's almost like them shifting it up. So the characters are explaining it. See, I, I, think, I think the narration at the beginning was borderline lazy filmmaking but like I said they've got a lot of stuff to get through so I suppose they've got to get to the point quite quickly I actually think with the friends I, I think it's a really good way like they go from what I think is bad filmmaking to really good filmmaking because within 10 minutes they're explaining everything right mm. So the group of friends who then go on to explain the deal with the weird Cullen pack, you know, the, the vampire family, it's done in an effective way. The only thing that I don't like, which I think is really cheesy, which, you know, this film's had a lot of stick for, is when they walk in, they're all wearing white, and it's very much 
oh yeah, they're all white, they're all different. But at the same time, their skin is so pale, you don't need them to wear white clothes to make them stand out. They're already pale as hell anyway. And then when they're walking through, they're literally naming them one by one as they're walking in. So I feel like they, they emphasise a lot on their clothing, but it's unnecessary. They're overcompensating mm. with the white clothing to make them stand out. But I suppose, like, if you gave them a... Say, for example, the uh, the outfits were supposed to make them stand out. Mm. Like, what colours do you play with? Do you give them all black? And everyone's just like, oh, classic, you know, vampires. Yeah, just give it, make it look very gothic. Or I would have just given them normal team clothing. Mm. I mean, they'd, they'd stand out, but, like, it's almost really modern clothing, like, modern white, sleek look. Mm. I, I, If they're trying to disguise as normal teenagers, why are they trying to make themselves stand out by wearing lots of white? No other teenager does that, do you know what I mean? They're trying to be like, hiding. Maybe Carlos was just like, is it Carlos? Carla. Carla was just like, okay, guys, white t shirt day today. <laughs> <laughs> see, I think it's more of like, because after reading the book, like, people see them as these just like god, goddess like people. Mm-hmm. And I think if they were wearing white, mm. that portrays that so much more. Because, you know, they're perfect. They're supposed to be mm. absolutely perfect. Yeah. Um, well, white is also a very pure colour, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's used, for example, the Pope wears white. You know, he's supposed to be the closest person to God. You know, he's supposed to be the purest of people. Maybe it's just trying to but set up this idea that they're different from the other vampires. One can argue that they're not pure because they're so dangerous. That like, even Edward, in his own words, I'm pretty sure, says something like, I am literally designed to kill. Yeah, but they're they're different to other yeah. vampires, because aren't they? Because they're vegetarian, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. Because they're vegetarian yeah. because they only drink the blood of dead animals rather than humans. Yeah, that's one way to look at it. I suppose that makes a lot of sense. What do you think drives the plot forward? Do you think it's when the bad vampires come into it and when they start killing factory workers or do you think it's literally just a connection between um, Bella and Edward? And this is strictly speaking in the Twilight film, not the Twilight saga of, you know, all the films. I, I personally think it's the relationship between Bella and Edward. Mm. And I think that the other vampires coming in just creates another obstacle that intensifies that relationship. Mm. You know, for example, you think about the scene where she's about to get kind of, uh, well, she's kind of almost getting mugged, isn't she? By those guys and all of a sudden after that scene, their relationship has intensified that much you know and then all of a sudden you introduce the other vampires and Bella's not supposed to know that the vampires are around you know she's kind of been taken under the wing and also it's like a there's like levels to the in- intensity of their relationship the relationship is very intense actually isn't it and that's when you think about it, she falls really hard and fast like yeah. she's 16 and she's already there like I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Yeah. You can, and then when she wakes up in the bed after in the hospital after being what stabbed a glass well at least twice <laughs> yeah had a blood sucked out of a injected with vampire venom and she wakes up and she's like I can't live without you I mean I suppose that's a typical teenage thing to do there isn't it is to fall hard in love so I suppose I think it's also like a play on destiny yeah because she is destined to be a vampire like and, and, Alice saw it yeah in her visions and Edward can feel it because he's like you, you're the one I've been waiting for yeah. this entire time because they have that sort of weird connection and like she's pale and mm. cold and you know she's just she's always felt different mm. I don't know I think but I do think yeah that the the thing that drives it along is yeah. their relationship so yeah I would go as far to disagree I think in terms of the Twilight Saga, it definitely is. If you, if you think of how many films are there, I think there's, there's five altogether. The last two is one book, right? Is that right? So you've got mm-hmm. Twilight, mm-hmm. New Moon, Eclipse, and yeah. the two Breaking Dawns. I think if you see all of those films as one big story, yeah, 100%. It's what drives the plot for that entire thing. Mm. But if you're thinking about Twilight as this individual standalone film, I would say it is the, the threat of the other vampires because... 
that is what drives the climax as well, right? So the climax of the film is when they stop this evil vampire James from killing Bella. But then essentially that brings Edward and Bella closer together. Yeah, for sure. But I think it, without without that threat, they wouldn't have gotten as close as they were. They were Bella wouldn't have been waking hmm. up in that hospital nearly dead being like, I can't live without you. Yeah, no, I, I, I think the film definitely needs... Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I suppose without the relationship between Edward, like she wouldn't have been in that situation realistically. Yeah, that's very true. Like, because it, they almost want Bella more because of the fact that she's kind of attached to this vampire family, you know. Mm. And there is, you know, they're not allowed to be attached. You know, she's not allowed to be attached to any sort of like vampires mm. or like integrated into some sort of family. So it's almost like they have an obligation to fill. You know, they need to get rid of her. Otherwise, the whole vampire world is compromised yeah exactly yeah true so maybe it's not just about hunger maybe it's uh, just about James wanting to literally save the entire it's vampire deep, maybe deep the down. Cullens are the villains in all of this deep, yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> fuck those guys as, as George R. R. Martin says like every villain is a hero in their own eyes yeah. maybe um, can you tell him to hurry up and write the last book yeah fucking <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think that's a very interesting way to look at it, actually. I'd never thought that until now to think of them as the villains. But yeah, that's a very good quote, actually. I suppose that makes sense in every respect. Yeah, I mean, think of, think of Batman, for instance. I mean, yeah, he's helping people, but he's putting the police out of their jobs, right? Yeah, he's yeah. not the good guy. No, he's not, um, is he? He's, he's like Batman, for example, he's got his own like uh, rules in life, you know, his mm. own like, kind of like standards, his own principles. And one of those principles is that he does not kill. And yeah, I think that's uh, to do with the killing joke with the Joker. The Joker was always taunting him, like, yeah, you've just got to kill me. Mm. Everyone's suffering mm. ends, you know. But because of his one principle, those people die. I suppose because he's like, oh, I don't kill people, so I'm good. Mm. But just like, but if you kill me, I'll stop killing even more people. Mm. So it's like, it comes to a fight of right and wrong. Mm. That brings us to Robert Pattinson going from one Batman to another Batman. <laughs> How do you did have... not did not put that together? What do you think of him being the new Batman? I think after watching last night, The Lighthouse, I think he would be. I think it's gonna be great. What do you think I, of The Lighthouse? I think amazing. Yeah, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like we need to talk about that ending. We need yeah. to talk about because we haven't looked up what it all means. We just have our yeah. speculations. There's, there's lots of theories, and it's, it's supposedly based on lots of um, like myths and legends and stuff, which I'm not 100 up to date with, but. The Lighthouse for me was such a good film and I've never said this before about any other film. I've only watched it once and I wouldn't be bothered about watching it again and yet it's my favourite film, especially now at the moment. It's currently my favourite film. And the reason why, I think it's because I watched it in the Picture House, RIP, because that's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is because um, the Picture House cinema and other cinemas are struggling during COVID. So Is it not that anymore? It's it's closed down. The Picture House next to it's closed down for now. For now, yeah. Mm. Hopefully it'll reopen. Cineworld, I know they closed down. Yeah. I think it was to do with James Bond being pushed back. Yeah, it's crazy how one film can literally Mm. fuel the entire cinema industry. Everyone thinks that the cinema industry is like so like, yeah, well established, you know, oh yeah, okay, Mm. film gets pushed back. But especially with COVID, yeah, everything becomes much more fragile and then you realise like which industries are kind of have got Mm. strong foundations, which haven't. When I was younger, I did a short little documentary thing it wasn't very good it's kind of terrible but i did it with the people who helped run the picture house and they said but this is a very interesting fact is that the reason why snacks are so expensive is because they make most of the money on snacks right so they because they have to pay so much to show a film the tickets that they sell pay for that film for them to use so the majority of their like money that they make comes from snacks that's why they're so expensive so that's why you probably should buy snacks at the mm. cinema if you like going to the cinema 
It'll be interesting to see how that compares to like companies like the Odeon or View or Cineworld. Because I suppose Pitch House is more of it's a, a it's a small it's a chain, small, isn't it? But it's, it's a small, small chain. chain, and I feel like they're all sort of but they're so much nicer. Supported. I, they are. I, I, mm. I do. I, I prefer them. Mm. Exactly. That's the thing about Picture House, especially one that was in our place. I'm not not sure I've been to many elsewhere, but it is a full thing it's not just going to the cinema to watch a film it's you can go there have dinner have wine yeah. you can take your wine into yeah. the cinema with you it's just an overall nice experience date night isn't it, it is a proper yeah. date night yeah, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's not just a walk into the film and walk out it's like that you make it a whole evening of it mm. you know mm. if your film's eight you can go there at six have a bite to eat you know meet some friends have a chat have a drink go watch your film mm. come out oh, I might have fancy a bottle of chips you know like yeah, yeah, you know, cool, make more of an evening out of it whereas I feel like the Odeon or actually no I, well, yeah I'd say the Odeon the Odeon and Exeter probably one of my favourite cinemas just because I love the yeah. the old kind of kind of vibe you get in there it's, it's just been there all our it's, it's lies been, isn't it yeah, it's exactly. our childhood Odeon is one of my heartfelt places yeah. as well especially because I think what was it originally was it like a hotel before I don't know, I think it's always been a cinema, but yeah. mm. it seems very strange that a building that big gets made just to be a cinema. It's actually huge. If you've not seen the explosion before, look it up on Google Images, it's mad. And it's definitely been there for a long, long time. It's so, like, yeah. it was there before, because, you know, the photos that are, like, put on the wall of yeah. it when it was, like, you know, first built, and, like, the high street on the other side, mm. it's not there. Mm. Not at all. It's not there at all. It's just there on its own. But performance-wise, I've got to admit, so, say, if, if I'm watching Twilight from... From my point of view, years ago when it first came out, I'd think, oh, Robert Pattinson's shit in this. It's really cringy. But now I've seen him progress into an actor where he's absolutely insane. Mm. And he's definitely going to be winning Oscars in the future. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, then either he's done something wrong or the Academy's done something wrong. Now that I look back on the Twilight films, I'm like, he actually didn't do that bad. No. It, I mean, it was did. the script. It was and, the script. And the... I think the direction had a part to play. Yeah. I hate to yeah. say yeah. it. He, yeah. he did what he had to do. Yeah, do you think exactly. at, at that time yeah. he, had a, he had a very small part in Harry Potter, yeah. which was going to lead to nothing else? Uh, he's presented with an opportunity to do a franchise which is already massive in terms of getting himself up there, or, you know, get his name in the yeah. big lights, you know, setting, preparing himself for the future. Well, that's a perfect opportunity. And he approached his career really well from that perspective because he went to do Twilight. He then got well known as Vampire Boy, where he was literally like known for. Yeah, he like, hated it. He hated it. Yeah, he actually, yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen interviews where he's like, I hate being on set yeah. every time. It was dreadful. No, but that's have, true. Have you seen Good Time? No. Brothers? It's a really good film. You should actually watch it. Ron Patterson's really good. That's the first time I saw him since Twilight and he, he's, he's come so far as an actor. But I mean, awkward moments in Twilight, for example, which I'm on about where the acting's not particularly great, is when Erlo and Edward actually meet for the first time. Yeah, so I am talking about the biology lab scene. And what it looks like for me, she walks in front of Fan and then her B.O. gets drifted across the room <laughs> right yeah. at Edward's face. And he's like, oh God, I'm going to throw up because this absolutely stinks. And from there, I was just like, because it literally looks like that. And I guess in a way, that is essentially what they're trying to say yeah. is that her scent, but it doesn't look like her scent because at that point, we have no idea that, well, I mean, we do have an idea that he's a vampire, but in terms of the film, we don't know it yet. It just looks like she's got a bad smell about her. But that's what she does. She smells her hair, doesn't she? Like, is it me? Do I smell? But I think, like, why they were both... Why I don't think, like... Is that why he's not... His acting is not as great, and I don't think Kristen Mm. Stewart's acting is as great, is because they're so restricted, Mm. aren't they, to these characters from the book, and also portraying them what the audience wants to see Mm. them as. I suppose they've been because they're both quite unknown actors at the time really weren't they they have to do as told they mm. can't actually take the role and do 
what they Improvise. want to do. Improvise. No, like, exactly. Like yeah. It's so scripted. I don't know if it's scripted, but it's like literally you do what is written down. You don't do anything else. But then in Lighthouse, when he goes crazy, when his, his voice changes, yeah. I think that's amazing that he can do that. So, yeah, you think in uh, Twilight, he's been basically, yeah, they've turned around to him and said, right, okay, Rob, Robbie, old buddy, old pal. Here's what you got to do, okay? You've got to act like a gormless moody vampire and you've got to try and make it look good you know he's, he doesn't really smile does he like he doesn't show any sort of expression on his face and Kristen Stewart they're like just frown a bit you know just and blink a thousand times in the night. Yeah, yeah. your eyes close <laughs> half the time. Shake your head every so often. Yeah. Like, how can you make that? How can you act that well? Did you know also that Rob Patterson, when he was playing Edward Cullen, before they first started shooting, he excluded himself from the crew and cast for two whole weeks. So then when he came onto set, he'd feel isolated, which yeah. I think, as I mean, I don't know how old um, Rob Patterson was when he did that, but that's a crazy cool thing to do. That must get is you that for well. Twilight, sorry? That was for Twilight, yeah. yeah that was that is cool. Cool. Yeah. After not speaking to people for that long, you, there would always be like an awkwardness when you yeah. first start mm. to speak to people. So mm. when he's talking to Bella in the science lab and like, mm. oh, the weather's like bad outside and she's like, oh, mm. you know, I think it kind of adds to that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I suppose it's more real the way that he reacts to it because he's like, oh, I don't know if I'm doing this right. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it, it works. I also think like all the shit that happened between him and Kristen Stewart you know, like the affair and her cheating on him and things like that mm. has come out. Oh, yeah, because they were together, weren't they? Yeah, for yeah. years. Were they engaged, actually? Oh, I, I can't engaged. remember. Like, I mean, they were together, they had a dog. I mean, that's enough. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, she, because she had an affair with the director it's of... Snow White and Huntsman. Yeah. Yeah, that was And amazing, I think that's really shown it. Like, when I was watching him in the light, lighthouse, I was like, he is putting so much emotion, like, mm, raw emotion. It, right? He's using it. Like, yeah. And I think that's probably what's made him a much better actor. Yeah. Even in, um, what's the film we watched the other day? Devil All the Time. Yeah. Devil All the Time. I think he's so good in that. His voice. How yeah. Does, how does he change know, his voice? That? I know. I like, know. Like, it's moment. so good. Well, I was amazed at the fact that like three of the key characters in that film were British actors. I know. And they had the most like hillbilly. Yeah. Hillbilly. <laughs> It's, it's weird. Wait, who's oh, Tom Holland's the other British actor, and also um, Dudley. Dudley from Harry Potter. Yeah, which by the way, two Harry Potter stars yeah. in it. Mm-hmm. Where did Dudley come from? I, I don't know his name right now. No, I don't remember his name either. Um, but he was just like, yeah, I could do this again. He was like, like, where's he been? And then he comes back and he does that, and his performance. I'd say it goes Robert Patterson's the best performance I'd actually say he's second yeah he's he was really, really good really good in it like, he's I, I watched him I've seen him in The Queen's Gambit yeah he's like he even though he plays like this quite timid character mm. I'm just like good for you he's a great he's a good yeah, actor and when, yeah. he, when he plays Dudley which by the way was my nickname when I was a kid yeah <laughs> <laughs> so he's just staring at him smiling like oh <laughs> Dudley <laughs> yeah so my brothers used to call me Dudley why, why is that Jack? because when you were young obviously firstly me and Sam are blonde hair so David's got black hair so already he's the old one out and plus he was quite fat like when he was a little kid so we used to call him Dudley I had a little bit of chump about me yeah yeah. Right, it's better than calling you hoops so we, we will leave that so yes I asked my brothers to call me hoops when I like playing basketball if there's any high school musical fans out there you know why um <laughs> 
<laughs> um, it was, yeah. was before High School Musical. Yeah. Was it though? It was. Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure. Dad, Dad put a basketball hoop on the treehouse and yeah. you, put, you picked up a ball, threw it in the hoop a couple of times. I say in the hoop, it probably didn't even go in the hoop. And you were like, yeah, I'm going to be a basketball player from now on, call me hoops. Mate, I was the same. Do you know what, actually, I'd, I'd rather that be the story than the story that I thought was true, which was Zac Efron used to call himself Hoops in High School Musical, and that's why I called yeah, myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that his teammates, so called the Blue and that, referred yeah. to him as Hoops. Oh, did they? At least once. I've watched that recently as well. God, yeah. I've been watching so much crap. <laughs> <laughs> do you think that when Bella realises that Edward is a vampire, do you think that comes to suddenly? I think that whole scene is shocking. Is, I it? hate it when we were watching it I was like I can't stand this uh, scene which, which scene are you referring to when they're in the forest yeah and yeah. the camera just spins yeah and it, and then it cuts off like and they're not it's not even done like a full 360 it's, it's weird isn't it it's weird the way they've done it they've tried like quicken up the pace that I think it's to make the audience feel threat and violence because while she's like you're a vampire and mm. he's like yeah I, I could kill you right now you should be afraid and so they've got them both isolated which obviously adds one fear factor. And then you've got the quick pace of the camera movement, which I, I think if it was done in a better way, the idea of it works. I just think it wasn't executed too well. Yeah, like I think... Sorry, Karen. I was going to say, well, do you think it's supposed to somehow symbolise both of their worlds coming crashing down? Oh, that's the a fact that The fact that she's, you know, she's almost certain mm. now he's a vampire and he's almost certain. At that point in time, he's just like, yeah, mm. there's been enough hints. Because before that, there was... Uh, telling scene where like they touched hands in the car he was very shocked she was very shocked mm. you know she spends a bit of time by herself yeah I mean if they were trying to portray something like violence like that's something I do not get from him mm. like so Edward yeah and collected most of the time so, and when he's got B.O. in his face he's very calm yeah collected. so I think like I just don't like I've, I've never liked it to be honest I've never liked how they because in the book it's really intense mm, you're yeah. like oh my god what's going to happen mm. and then I don't know in the film it, I don't know it kind of it just it doesn't look good no. but I understand that like I also think like in Intensity is a huge thing in Twilight, isn't it? Mm. And I think if you play on intensity too much, then everything loses its intensity. You know, mm. um, quote from The Incredibles, if everyone's super, no one's super. I apply that quote to so much. You know, if everything's good, nothing's good. Like, if everything's mm. intense, nothing's intense. So you, you make everything intense in that film and then the whole film just kind of gets brought down mm. a notch. So I suppose they make the relationship between the two and the way they react with each other at the beginning quite tense. Mm. But then they bring, they blow it up for mm. That scene, I guess, don't they? Mm. Well, I think the way she suddenly realizes is when there's a second bear attack or bear attack. Mm. Um, that was um, air quotes there for the people who can't see us. Um, everyone, which is everyone. <laughs> um, she sees like a flash of a dead body walk, well, not flash of this, she sees the body get rolled out and then mm. flashes in her head. Mm. Edward's a vampire. <laughs> you say, what? Why did you make that connection? Yeah, he's got cold hands, he's super strong, maybe a bit quick. But why do you suddenly go, oh yeah, he must be a vampire? Like, it's so weird how she gets it spot on straight away, I think. So I think she, because she looked it up, she's been Googling it and she's been doing her research mm -hmm. she and she's got the book and I think what happens between, like, when she go when, like, the police station, it distracts her. She's not thinking about it. Yeah, and then when true. there's that, like, that moment where she's like, it hits her. I think she's like, because like, they're talking about something that's killing these people. And maybe that just Clicked, clicks. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I do agree, though. It is, like, it's really sudden. Mm -hmm. don't, don't forget, 
from her point of view. One moment she's surrounded by a group of guys. Edward comes speeding around the corner, <laughs> scares off the guys, turns around. Oh, look, they found a dead body, you know. And she's done all her research. Yeah. She knows that, like... With a really underwhelming growl, by the way. I hate their growls. The vampire growl. Oh. No, it's... Like, it's... You know... Yeah, with, with, the, with all the guys, and he walks up to them, and he's like... I didn't even notice a growl. I just thought we must have looked at them really intensely. No, and it's, they supposed got to be, of a, it's supposed to be a growl. Of a post pubescent. It's really strange. No, it's yeah. supposed to be a growl. I didn't, I didn't hear a growl. Maybe that's why it's crap. Maybe that's yeah. why it was my stomach, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> let's go on to the family dynamic of the Cullen family. The weirdness of Alice and Jasper. Do you like that? I think it's quite cool. I think it adds a yeah. little bit of um, character to them. Jasper's a little weird, but it's because he's a fresh vampire mm. so he's just struggling not to kill people everyone which yeah. I love I mm. think that's a great character mm. type for them both um, sorry just to touch on that it reminds me of the first you know when um, Bella's at the table with her friends and they're introducing the Cullens as they walk in mm. and they're the way they describe Jasper is like he's always in pain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So much sense now. Yeah. He's a freshly turned vampire who's mm. just like biting everything inside of him. What do you think of the fact that all the kids of the current family, adopted kids, are all in couples other than Edward? Do you think it's a little bit weird? I think if you compare it to the normal family dynamic, then sure. But the fact that these are people that live will these, live forever. Yeah, these people will live yeah. forever, and mm. the only people they can talk to about what they're going through is the people around them. Yeah. Plus the fact that. They are all completely unrelated to one yeah. another. But it's, 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 they're just in a clan, aren't they? Yeah, they're but, but they're what I'm saying, from, from everybody else's point of view, mm. that looks hella dodgy, right? Yeah. I don't think they care what everyone else thinks. Yeah. That's no. really no. I suppose they just rip all their heads off. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and they can hear everything what everyone's saying. Yeah. Almost them calling themselves a family is like a formality to be accepted into the current society. Mm. You know, they've got to integrate themselves into some sort of community. Otherwise, they'd just be in the middle of the woods. You know, but they do also say that they're adopted kids. Yeah, but well, I suppose I'm not from an adopted family. Yeah, I'm not adopted. Um, you might be, but you're the normal brown hair. Yeah, that's true. Dudley was adopted. <laughs> um, I don't know what it's like, but I feel like, from my point of view, it'd be weird if, if adopted kids are still in relationships. But I suppose there's no, nothing technically wrong with that, I guess. Mm. It's not like it's an incest or anything. If it's like a connection, time. it's a connection. Yeah. But I think they're, they're a bit. Their situation is yeah, very different. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think of the baseball game? Love it. It's a cool. It's such a cool scene. Like it's great. Yeah, it? they get they get the music bang on. You know, what's better than a baseball match in the middle of a thunderstorm with vampires who've got superpowers? Pretty much. Do you know what that song "Supermassive Black Hole" introduced me to Muse? Twilight. Me too. I think it did for a lot of people. Yeah. But I swear that they, were they big before Twilight? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they must yeah have they're been, huge. Like, yeah. It's weird to think that the lead singer Matt Bellamy and I think one of the guitarists are from Exeter or Devon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they yeah, went to Exeter College. I've never heard of them until Twilight plays it when they're playing I think that's our age. That was our age at the time, though. Yeah, true. I suppose do, it's sort of. Do you want to know crazy? So, yeah, Matt Bellamy and who was the other guy, sorry? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, from Exeter. Mm-hmm. Chris Martin and the crew from Coldplay, Exeter. Are they? Yeah, from Exeter. Yeah, well, Matt Bellamy and that's from Timber. Of all places, Timber. Yeah. Because in the book, it says that Muse is Stephanie Mayer's favourite band. Oh, really? Which is why... Because then they... In, um, in Eclipse, they play the other Muse song, which Muse did for Twilight, is... I can't how it goes. It's shit. Um, it's not as good. It's... Um, I can't remember what it's called. It's, it's like Love is Forever or something. 
It already sounds a bit shit. Yeah, like it's not as it's not as good. It sounds a bit soppy. It's not the for on supermassive black hole. Oh. You know, that's what you want to hear them mm, sort of scream. My soul like. Shut up! I've got the lyrics on my back. <laughs> Shut up. What, tattooed on your back? Yeah. <laughs> what, supermassive black hole? No. no that's that's the funny thing, about. though. No, it, 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 it would make more sense to be that. <laughs> no, <laughs> Hang on. Oh, Why would I want that up near my fucking bum crack? Right. You, you have to <laughs> say it makes more sense. No, I've got, oh, you set my soul alight, which is the lyrics from the song. Which oh, song? Supermassive black hole. Oh, right, okay. So, like, because... Yeah. I was a massive Muse fan oh, wow. and it was my first tattoo wow. I was underage yeah. how old were you when you got underage mum mm-hmm. took me in <laughs> um, two massive bulky guys like we're talking like huge guys um, with tattoos all over their bodies tattooing this fucking lyrics on the bottom of my of my back obviously I never see it now yeah, yeah, yeah. and some of the lyrics are like faded <laughs> But, um, yeah, that's my first time. Do you know, when, when I thought of um, giving you guys Twilight to watch, I had no idea that, one, you read all the books, two, you've got tattoos of the song <laughs> of the band that you first were introduced by, by Twilight. This has turned out quite well. Uh, it? No, it's, um, yeah. So I'm just going to put it out there. My heart absolutely sank when Bella pretends to leave her dad. He wants her to stay so bad. And he doesn't, like, he's not an emotional guy. So you can tell straight away, like, he's trying to say that he loves her and wants her to stay. Mm. And then she turns around and she throws dirt at him, right? She tells him the same thing her mum said to him when she left him, mm. which is heartbreaking. It, that is fucking brutal. It's like, horrible. that's horrible. It's horrible. And you just see his face sink. And I'm just mm. like, I feel for this guy. Like, yeah. he's, he's not been probably the best dad, but he now he's actually had her back in his life. Mm. He doesn't want her to go. Actually, Billy Burke carries the film. You think from day one, all he did was try and just make her as happy yeah. as, like, she could Comfortable. Yeah. Gave her a car. Whilst being sort of a semi-awkward guy himself. Mm. But he was very respectful. Like, the first thing she says when she moves back is, oh, my God. Someone who gives me space, someone who doesn't linger. Yeah, yeah. He's not the best thing about my dad. He's not a hoverer. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And he's he's very aware that he needs to give her space. Takes her out for dinner after her first day of school. You know. Yeah. And it's a place that they used to go all the time as well. They used to have peach cobbler every Thursday. And he still does. What is that? I think it's like an apple crumble type thing, but it's peach. The fact that everybody knows who she is. And exactly what she likes shows yeah. the fact that he never forgot about her. He never he stopped talking about her. Yeah, he used to talk about her all the time. Aww. It's quite endearing. I feel, I feel for him. Charlie. Billy, Charlie, Billy Burke. Yeah. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this, I we love you. Love you. <laughs> um, right. So, what do we think of the ending? So, obviously, I'm thinking past James getting ripped apart and thrown into the fire, right? So, when Bella has come out of the hospital, they go to prom, right? Do you think that's a great way to end it? Going into prom? Broken leg? Yes. Hobbling about? What do you make of the ending of Alvin Jacob? Do you, do you, what? Do you remember what happens with Jacob? Uh, isn't he... He rides up on the motorbike just before they come into prom? Um, he sort of emerges from the bushes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does have a motorbike by now. <laughs> Just, um, he, just, he just rocks up and was like, oh yeah, by the way, I just thought I'd let you watch know. Watch your back. My dad paid me to tell you to dump your boyfriend. Yeah. That's literally mm. what he says. What do you think of that? I, it sets up the next film nicely. I, yeah. I think it does too. Mm. I think it's a bit of a childish way to do it in terms of... But it's cheap thrills. You know? Cheap thrills, yeah. Mm. Um, but it does set up the next film very nicely. I, I think that them going 
to prom at the end as well kind of takes the film full circles doesn't it you know yeah. she starts off as a schoolgirl, ends as although she's been through all these things she's still a schoolgirl. she needs it's the human experiences mm. isn't mm. It? And and at that age and Edward reminds her of that yeah. as well he was yeah. like you have to go to prom it's, it's, it's sort of like a um, what's the word it's once in a lifetime sort of thing Rite of passage, I think. Rite of like, passage. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. he's like everyone has to do a rite of passage. But yeah, it's quite endearing. The only thing I found a bit awkward was you know when they go onto the little wooden the thing, island thing, the yeah. island thing, and there's like two other couples there. And then they leave. As soon as it gets intense, <laughs> they both seem to just walk off at the same time. It's like, well, this is very well executed. Yeah, I know. So but that wouldn't have happened, or would have, like... I doubt it. Unless they were like, oh, I'm not being here with them. They're weird, these two. <laughs> e- but it, was, it felt more like a, you know, you could tell that it was more of like a film decision. Yeah. As they were making it, like, we don't mm. want you guys in the shot. I think it would have been better for them just to be like, have no one there straight up. Yeah, yeah. I don't no, know I why you need people to be on there. Yeah. I don't think anybody would be on there personally um, also James' girlfriend can't remember what school she's also lurking as well do you, do you remember that Victoria she, for some reason she's at the prom so yeah it is but with Victoria the redhead James' oh, girlfriend yeah because yeah. she comes into it it's the second one and then Bryce Dallas Oh, did she take over? Plays in Eclipse, yeah. I didn't notice that. I didn't realise that she took over the role. Why is that, do you all, think? All jeans look the same, is that what you were saying? <laughs> no, I just didn't notice it. <laughs> no, um, I think, because back then... Bryce, I think you would now. Uh, Bryce, I don't think he... She wasn't really well known She was in then, Terminator, was and that's about it. But when, what was she in Terminator? She was in Terminator 2? Was she? Did she play Sarah Connor? No, no, she plays um his, you is know, the pregnant girl? woman. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. But like when, like, like in the uh, in the future, and she's like in their yeah. underground and slightly sort of. I think that's definitely the best Terminator film. Yeah. Is it Terminator Salvation? Isn't it? I think so. Yeah. I think that's the one where Christian Bale like literally had anything with Christian shouted and screamed at an uh, intern for doing so. Like not mm. that bad. <laughs> he literally lost his shit. There's a recording oh, no, of it. No. You can hear it, and he's just there, like, "Oh, do you have this fucking set?" And you're just like, "Whoa!" Oh, dancing. Probably sounds a bit like. I don't know if you've seen the video of Tom Cruise shouting. Ah, oh, the new one. Yeah, yeah. I respect that though because he's COVID. he's literally like people are losing their jobs in the film industry, and yet you're here mixing with people. You right now you are contributing to people losing their jobs, mm-hmm. and I actually respect that. I think. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's, that's, I don't know. It's not one of those things you expect to see. I don't know. I find it quite funny. Mm. I think it's funny but it's also quite true mm. I think I think it's just funny because it's coming from him because mm. you don't expect him to be that serious on it it's, it's almost like you respect the fact that he's kind of well, that's down to earth like he's, he's more than just an actor in that franchise because he's on Mission Impossible right mm. so he's been on it he's he's carried all the films right mm. so he, he's more to that career in the film than just an actor mm. so I guess it's how many there are there now this was seven it's called mm. and do you know what I love every single one of them I haven't watched every single one I haven't seen a single one past three no it's my guilty pressure that Ghost Protocol is my favourite that's the Mm. fourth of those maybe we should watch it we do like a good Tom Cruise sometimes do we well we watched him in was it last summer yeah I loved that film. It was a great film. Well, then. We watched him in. No, we definitely watched him <laughs> in something else because we were like, oh, there's Tom Cruise playing Tom Cruise. Did we watch Cocktail together? No. No. We didn't. We haven't seen. Uh... I got Cocktail for uh, Megan's mum's birth. Uh, I love Christmas Cocktail. Cocktail is such a good film. I've never seen I haven't it. seen it. No, you're not. It's, it's a good film. It's, I think it's like a, a rom com from a guy's point of view, if you get me. Mm. That's interesting. I look forward to seeing it. Um, Top Gun you haven't seen Top Gun have you? Top Gun's a classic no. we watched that a couple of weeks ago and do you know what I was 
because the first time I watched it was um, before I went to study film at university and now I've come out of studying film from university I look back and I'm just like wow that must have been a hard production to do like literally mm. that legit film and planes and shit like that is actually like I still don't see it I just like I don't know I think it was more of like a boy film growing I, I, up it is I think, I think it's now, a bit like, of both I think yeah. it's, it's mainly for like you know all the boys oh yeah we're gonna fly some jets and mm. stuff like that but there's literally a full like romance going throughout it so I think mm. it's it's the type of film where a guy like let's go see an action film at the cinema it's alright you'll like it because there's some romance in it do you mm. know what I mean? I romance Eyes Wide Shut you haven't seen that either yeah but we watched something else with him anyway what was the question before we Tropic, went on Tropic Thunder oh yeah that's, that's good that's, yeah. that's one of the funniest films going I think <laughs> what um, was the question again that we were talking about Victoria Oh, Bryce Sat, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I think she... Well, at the time, I remember reading, like, hearing... I don't think it's true, something about drug use. I don't think that's the case. I think she just... There were better opportunities for her, given... Oh, okay. That's what I reread late, like, recently. So I was just like, surely that's not the case. How important is her role in the next film? I, I'm struggling to remember. Well, in Eclipse, she... It's, like, it, it is... She is quite important. New does Moon, she, does New Moon she, is, she is as well. Do you reckon maybe it was a tactical, okay, she's not quite doing it for us. No, she was good, Victoria. Yeah, I think she's got that sort of... That look. Vampire. But I think she, she went to the vampire, like, the head of the vampires. What, do you know Voltori. what the... Voltori. The Voltori one, you know, like, it's like the Vatican, right, of vampires. Yeah. And um, I think she just telltale really, didn't she? It was like, you got to kill these guys because they're going against your rules, right? Am I right mm. saying that? No. What was her role? I think because she wanted to kill Bella because Bella and that killed James, which was her mate. Mm. So New Moon is basically because um, Edward fucked off, didn't he? And so Be- uh, Bella's left vulnerable. Victoria's like sort of messing with her, trying to chase her out. And that's mm. when like the werewolves come in and they're trying to chase her. And then in Eclipse, she makes the army of newborns. Oh, yeah, of course. But the vault, but the vault. But it's not done under her decision. It's done by like someone else's decision that she's like right. controlling. Um, so, but the Volturi, they they do know about it. But it's like the you know the kids that's mm. played by um, Dakota Fanning and yeah. the other three. Like it's not done by Michael, like it's not like Michael Sheen and the other two like the head. Mm. And then, but they allow it. They allow the newborns to get created. Whereas yeah. I think the head of the Volturi would be like, no. Yeah. And then in Breaking Dawn, um, one of the covens sees Renesme, yeah. and they and she thinks which is, which that's is better, a newborn. Better than Edwards. Yeah. yeah, And she thinks they have made a child a vampire. Yeah. So then she goes to have the Volturi, and then the Volturi comes. There you go. Now you don't need to watch anything. No. Films, it's just about. It's great. I watched the reason. <laughs> I, I am going to have to watch all of them now, though, because it's bringing back a lot of memories. Because I think the problem was for me was I watched Twilight. I liked it clearly because I went and saw the last one in the cinema. But then so many films came out that did parodies. They did yeah. that thing called Vampire Sucks. Yeah, which, I ever, since I saw that, I was like, oh yeah Twilight shit but now I've watched it back I actually rate them I think they were good films they just had really cheesy moments but other than that I think they're great films I think we because we watched them probably last year mm. yeah and we were like we we like we like mm. watching them even though we, they're we, just like kind of terrible I think we enjoyed doing our commentary over yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so we, we treated like every battle like it was like a <laughs> X Factor like group battle you know like yeah. they were it's like a dance battle between them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and 
Edward and Bella's like or Bella's facial expressions and the one awkward moments yeah Yeah. here comes to the review right I know this whole thing's basically a review but this is the final review right so I want you both to give a rating out of 10 and reasons why let's start with Meg of Twilight yeah just Twilight not not the whole franchise just Uh, Twilight as a standalone film I would give it a 7 Seven. Or like six and a half, seven. Just because I think the acting and some of the like the camera shots and things really pulls it down. Mm. Like pulls the story down. But I think like like I love like the green hues and I love the like the story. I love I I think I'm kind of biased because I've read the books Mm. and so like I know the books are better. Do you feel like the film did the books justice? No. No. I don't think it did. I think it was very like nah. like I think if if the if they hadn't become films, I don't think I would have read like not even known about the books. That's true. So I suppose in so, a way advertised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I read the books, and then one I remember watching them. I'm like, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. That's not how it happened. And then it's like that's not how it was portrayed in the book. Like I don't think the actors really got it like got like the characters in the books yeah. in my opinion um they weren't they didn't portray them as, in the way that you saw them do you think that's just a personal thing or do you think uh, i don't know like i think bella should have been played by someone else really yeah i think like i like i do i like kristen stewart but i some of the facial expressions in twilight she does it's very like you can't tell if she's angry. You can't yeah. tell if she's happy. You can't like. There's just not that much dynamic. She's whereas, always confused. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like in the book, she's quite angry at Edward in the beginning. Yeah. And when I was watching it earlier, I was like, she's not that angry. Yeah. Like you don't really get she's that moody. Moody. Yeah. Mm. So. So performance let it down. Mm, I think so. Yeah. Do you? I think I'll probably give it a six, maybe five and a half or a six. It, it depends on what mood you're in. If you're after mm. a bit of a bit of cringe, you know, some cheap thrills, then sure, go for it. But otherwise, it's a pretty pretty crap film. Mm. See, I'm 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 quite surprised with myself because I'm a film nerd and I actually thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Actually, right. And my reason for that is it's because I thought it's going to be so much more worse than it was. Because like I said, I I, I remember watching it, liking it. Yeah, so to say the piss it got bad reviews and I'm watching it back and I really enjoyed it but do you think it's because we we grew like we were there at the time it came out so whereas so? if it was someone like in their six like it you know, in their teens now, yeah. and watch it, they'd be like, "What is this? What is this shit?" I, I think because they they've would... seen so much better since then. Yeah, like I think maybe they would enjoy it just because there is that relatable. Yeah, you know, that's you're, true. you're 16 mm. and the film mm. Edward's 17. Maybe it's because there's so many more high school vampire things that have come out since. Mm. I mean, um, like vampire diaries. vampire diaries, which is actually a brilliant show. I thought I've watched yeah, it. I, all did, I did quite enjoy that. I only got to so far with the series, but the original spin-off, I watched a bit of that. And it's not vampires, but Game of Thrones, you know, it's just leagues ahead of so much. In terms of the fantasy sort of genre. Yeah. Twilight and all that is less gruesome and brutal Mm. than modern day things. Maybe maybe modern audiences have been hardened by... Mm. And Harry Potter, towards the end. But I think, for example, Twilight and Harry Potter, they kind of fit in the genre of a real-world fantasy. And I think that's Mm. what people enjoy Mm. about those films, is the fact that they are relatable. Mm. It's not 
completely changing something. For example, Terminator Salvation or Terminator films. Taking it's, it, you're taking it out, out to a different world, aren't yeah, you? It's, it's, yeah, no, but the Terminator films are based on art, you know? Yeah. So you, some of their reactions, for example, the way people do things in those films, you kind of relate to what you're making. Yeah. Exactly. Star Wars, everyone loves it because it's a sci-fi fantasy, but it's unrelatable, really. Don't knock it, I relate to it. No, no, but I'm not, I'm not knocking it. It's harder to relate to yeah, because no, it's yeah, not based yeah. on everyday life. And Lord of the Rings as well. For example, what was the one with uh, Will Smith and it was the Netflix film about the Bright. elves? Oh, Bright. Bright, yeah. Bright, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that because I felt there was a lot mm. of parallels to like... Mm. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I didn't oh. like about that was the fact there's fairies and stuff in it. But actually, it was a brilliant film. Mm. Yeah. And lots of strong messages in it. Yeah, that's yeah. it, yeah. yeah the, was it the orcs? Were the orcs or goblins the orcs? I think it was orcs. Yeah, it was supposed to be like... I guess it was what the downtown kind of mm-hmm. LA you know um, was supposed to represent like a maybe poorer yeah the class yeah demographic maybe mm-hmm. and then you have the higher class being like what the elves aren't the they? elves mm-hmm. yeah. yeah living in the city centre it was really good actually a really good mm-hmm. film it's literally they, they literally bought a fantasy and was like right let's just put that on earth mode and it literally works so well yeah. so modern day earth makes a fantasy which mm. is great so my review right there's some funny gags such as Edward reading minds of everyone. Do you remember that moment when they're in the restaurant and Edward's like, yeah, I can read minds. And he's like, money, sex, money, money, sex, cat. I relate to that guy. That was really funny. So with moments like that, as well as Anna Kendrick's, she plays like a comedic sidekick to the film. Like she was funny then and that was her first big role and she's quite funny in it. I'm pretty sure she forgets that she's in Twilight yeah, a lot probably. of the time. I think she does actually. Yeah. I think I've seen an interview where she forgets and she was really funny in it. She bought that comedic element as well as Charlie the dad yeah. he's he's funny he's yeah. so funny he's so dry yeah. but funny I think that sort of takes the cheesiness and was like right we're kind of taking the piss out of our own film here just so it balances a little bit but I feel like they don't do it enough for the cheesiness to be brought down I think if they're going to have the comedic moments bring down the cheesiness a little bit so it's more balanced some of the cheesiness though cheesiness though mm. is in the is it in the jokes like with the oh, the the immature kids like the immature guys oh, when he's what? like flapping water over uh, Bella and he's oh, like yeah. are you liking the rain girl and it's okay. like if you did that to me I'll punch you punch in his dick yeah. like, honestly <laughs> and like and, and when they're all around the table and the boys are like squabbling over Bella and then oh. the other guy comes in and kisses, kisses her cheek that would piss a lot of people off that like it really like it really bothers me i'm like it reminds me of the immature boys that i had to share classes with but it was also but i didn't see it as funny i saw it as mega cringe really annoying yeah maybe it's moments like that maybe it's the proper american yeah yeah but at the same time very relatable yeah yeah I think the soundtrack is particularly good. I think there's some great songs in that. And I think yeah. a lot of people would agree with me. I think there's a lot of bands in there which people wouldn't have known about, like Muse, for example. I think the only particular thing that ruins it for me, other than the um, cheesiness, the makeup, because Bella is very pale. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, right, okay, because she's pale, we have to make the vampires even paler. So they literally plastered their faces in white powder or something, like lots of makeup. And it just looks ridiculous. It doesn't, it looks like somebody with lots of makeup on. I literally said, didn't I, that Edward's ears are bright red yeah. and his whole face is white it really annoys me and, and do you know what I think they won some sort of I think it's behind the scenes award but they won an award for makeup and costume and I'm just like I really disagree how, with that. how can you win an award for costume and makeup when all you did was literally powder someone's mm-hmm. face and wake them up costume and makeup is like Lord of the Rings yes. Yes. But, but you, <laughs> right. they made them 
wear normal clothes. Yeah. Just to clarify, though, this was a really small award, and it also was behind the scenes, so I don't really know what that actually means, unless they make a video and did make hair and makeup. Whoa, what I, don't, that? I, know exa- I assume. I know exactly why they won the costume award. It was for those white shirts. They white shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know what? We love bouncing light off those yeah, white shirts. Yeah. It works so well. Oh my God, what dares do you use? So, so the, hair, the, the makeup, the hair actually was pretty cool in a way, but the makeup w- w- was dodgy and so was the effects. I think some of the effects, although they were good at the time, I think when he's running up that mountain. That oh, I hate, like, that. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. A whole five minutes. I think I think at the time it might have been acceptable. Now looking back at it, you know, with Avengers and all their great effects and that sort of thing, yeah, it looks kind of shit. But all they had to do for me was make better, less pale, so that they could tone down the paleness of the vampires, mm. and it would have been fine. I think. Uh, other than that, it would have been perfect. Like, well, also, their lipstick annoys me as well. Lipstick. I know it just goes in with the, the aesthetic of... They, they all wear pink lipstick. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Maybe I should have. Maybe I was too blinded by the white skin. Mm. Yeah. That sounds... That can be... Really but it, like, it, it, like, it goes, yeah. but you can... Really, you can tell. Yeah. This is where we're signing off. First of all, would you watch it again? Yeah. I mean, I watch it every two years, so I'm sure you watch it every two years since it was released, so... I just have it on, Unfortunately, like... Unfortunately, yes. I think I just, like... Sometimes I just have these kind of films just on in the background if yeah. I'm doing work or something. I know it so well. I know, yeah, and I know it, and I just... It's just something to, like, sort of laugh at, yeah. like, when I'm watching it. Entertainment, just yeah. classic entertainment. Yeah. Would you recommend it to others who haven't seen it? I would not recommend it to a single person because I'm not... Do not like to admit the fact that I watched Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, Why is that? What was sort of stigma do you think that it fuels that embarrassment to say you like Twilight? I guess maybe it's thought that people think I'm still clinging on to my 15 year old self or 14 year old self. Right. Yeah, you know, who's yeah. all about like mood and bruise. So, so it has it has <laughs> nothing to do with the fact that it's a film that got the piss taken out of it completely no, but it's no, because no. It, it generally takes the audience back to when they're younger yeah um, so now you get a chance to shout out films you've already shouted out like five um, I, I, <laughs> think, I think on, on the last episode we had um, a lot of films got mentioned along the way so when it came to the shout out it was quite obvious what they're going to say so if you'd like to shout out a film that wasn't The Lighthouse, The Cocktail, all the other ones you mentioned, now is your time to say it. What's a film you really enjoy and you want other people to watch? One film I always love to watch is probably my favourite film, The Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's just thoroughly enjoyable. It's got a really good balance of you know, humour. It's got a bit of action in there as well. Willem Dafoe as well. Mm. Mm. Plays the kind of assassin. Also, Darjeeling Limited. I, yeah. I'm a, I love Wes Anderson. Yeah. I, I haven't seen all his films, but I just probably enjoy them. So any film by Wes Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Including uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. I yeah. I can't. I need to watch that again. I haven't seen it since mm. I think rented it once. I think it's like. I think it's yeah. I, I I would recommend it just because it's so clever. What Fantastic Mr. Fox? Yeah. See, I think say it's so much Jack. I don't think I've seen it since the first time I watched it. I didn't like it. I think it's because the animation was really real. Like yeah, it's, like that's it. Was, it. Yeah, it was, I think it was stop yeah. animation, wasn't it? Yeah. And because it's so real, and I was so used to Cartoon Network, where mm. if it was like proper cartoons, I think it freaked me out a little bit. Mm. But watching it back, I might not be scared of it this time. Yeah. What have you for me? Um, not a film, but highly recommend the Mandalorian series. <laughs> I haven't watched the last episode of season two yet. 
think you're missing the best. Yeah. And you know, I think I saw a couple of spoilers. So oh, don't got, spoil it. No, but anymore, just but. watch it anyway because it's amazing. I had, I had two films in my head just then. Two films I've really enjoyed. So Knives Out yes. on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Nice at out. the moment yeah. was thoroughly enjoyable. It's Daniel so Craig's great in it. He yeah. Um, I like his accent in it. Yeah, well. it's really good. There, I, said, I guess something we've established on this episode so far is that English people do really well, like really well. Uh, doing accents. Yeah, yeah. American accents. Mm. I, think, I think the British um, acting, you know, the whole group. You know, British actors are the best actors in my mm. opinion. I am British, so that, that may be quite biased, but... We've got some talented actors out there. Yeah. We've got lots of Have talent. you seen Jungle? What, Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah. I haven't. I've been meaning to watch it for ages. Oh, you know? watch it. It's, Is he good in it? I still haven't seen that either. I it, think it, it, crazy, I, it, it, sur- it surprised me. And because it's a true story as well, it yeah. just makes it even better. But I, th- I think I remember seeing the trailer where he's like literally using his mind and he's seeing loads of stuff. It's really good. Like, he's so good in it. Mm. Like And his accent's really good in it as well. Again, another version. Yeah. American um oh, I can't think of what's it called I can't remember but yeah um I wasn't expecting it to be as good I, I wouldn't I wasn't expecting to enjoy it yeah. as much as I did but like there are some like really intense moments in it and mm. like and then I did like research afterwards on like the the actual, the actual stories yeah. and it was just like damn like, what, what did you mean find out about his accent uh, Australian Australian biographical survival food drama film oh he wasn't American I don't think he was Australian maybe his accent wasn't that good okay. <laughs> <laughs> his name is Ginsburg so he could be maybe that Australian maybe South African maybe yeah oh I don't know anyway mm. maybe just cut that bit out oh, no, I'm definitely keeping that <laughs> <laughs> no? but it's a good it's, film at the best right Israeli what in early eight, well, that's who the person's based on. Yeah. The guy's called Ginsberg, and Yossi Ginsberg is an Israeli adventurer. They could, they could have got I, somebody completely different than the actual nationality of the. Yeah, I think it's. in the past. I've been to the past. Space and Bolivia. So I was quickly looking up one more film to recommend yeah. is The Gentleman by Guy Ritchie I love the Guy, Guy Ritchie film good balance of humour and action um, The Gentleman was pretty good actually Charlie Hunnam and Matthew Mahoney do you know what I absolutely loved Hugh um, Grant in it yeah Hugh Grant was fast he plays him so well he's mm. brilliant I haven't seen it it's, it's like a proper Guy Ritchie character but he puts this camp twist on it which is unlike Hugh Grant because he's a little bit camp but he's always you know the man who's going to get the girl oh, and he's, he's literally coming on to Charlie Hunnam like 10 times throughout the entire film oh. it's brilliant it's so good in that you should definitely play that camp sort of a lot more but anyway yeah thank you for coming on hopefully we'll come on soon again we'd love to have you back and when I say we I mean me because I'm the <laughs> only one here one man band yeah thank you and goodbye goodbye <laughs> bye bye thank you Megan and Jack for coming on to the show and giving your review on Twilight these guys recorded so much content that we had to cut out lots of talk of The Lighthouse directed by Robert Eggers, which has now been formed into its own bonus episode. This episode will contain views on William Defoe and Robert Pattinson's performance, the soundtrack, cinematography, and Jack and Meg's theories as to what happens throughout the narrative, and its very, very obscure ending. If you want to hear this bonus episode, please leave a comment in the comment sections, like, share, and subscribe. This has been the People's Film Podcast. Thank you for tuning in.